All right, come on, how are we doing this morning? Y'all good? Everybody in the auditorium here, you good? <laughs> awesome, awesome. Man, I'm so excited to jump into week number eight of our Welcome Home series and really excited to uh, get into the word I have for you today. And I think it's going to inspire you, I think it's going to speak to you. And uh, I can't wait to get into it. But before I do, I have a few things that are really important in the life of our church, some things that are coming up that I need to make sure you know about, that I need to make sure you're aware of. Uh, and, and I'm excited about some of these, actually, because uh, there, there's a, one of these, at least, that we weren't sure exactly when we would be able to tell you it's coming. And, uh, and then there's another one that we're able to kind of add a new layer to this uh, this fall. So uh, let me just, let me get into this with you this morning. All right, here's the first one is uh, 21 days of prayer, our fall 21 days of prayer. We pushed the dates back a little bit because we weren't sure what was going to happen with the school year and, and, um, and we always try to make sure we have a season of prayer before fall and the school year re-engages. And, um, and so we are going to overlap with the beginning of the school year in most districts a little bit, but we're okay with that. And we want to invite you to participate in 21 days of prayer with us beginning August 23rd, all right? So we'll spend three weeks uh, starting August 23rd, and I'm just calling all of you, whether you're online or whether you're here in the auditorium, to take some time every day during that 21 days and lean into some focused time in prayer, some time with the Lord. Uh, Now, in January, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, and obviously, I think fasting is a healthy part of our spiritual routine, our spiritual disciplines, anytime when we want to add that, and so I'm not going to tell you not to fast, but kind of the joke we make is that uh, January is 21 days of prayer and fasting. August is still barbecue season, everybody. So it's 20, come on, it's 21 days of prayer and feasting. You know what I'm saying? All right. So uh, prayer and fasting in January, prayer and feasting in in August and September. And so that begins August 23rd. Uh, Now, normally we would have some times of prayer where we come together here at the auditorium, but with everything going, or in the building, but with everything going on with COVID and pandemic and the guidelines and just wanting to err on the side of caution, uh, we're just going to leave Sunday mornings right now as the primary gathering time for for large crowds. But we do want to invite you to join us on social media. Uh, We'll go live on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash truelifede. Write that down if you haven't already, facebook.com forward slash truelifede. And um, so we want to invite you to jump on Facebook Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 9 a.m. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 9 a.m. for those three weeks. And we're just going to go live. And uh, and I'm just going to lead you and and a couple other members of our leadership team are just going to lead you through a time of focused prayer and uh, and a little bit of worship there together. We'll just kind of do that online. And, And so we'd love to have as many of you as possible jump in and join us. Uh, during that time, and, and we'll teach you a little bit about prayer during that, and I, I think it's going to be really good. It's going to be powerful. Great time to just kind of gather around with your family. We'll spend about 30 minutes or so together online in just a focused time of prayer, and so that begins the week of August 23rd. We'll run for those three weeks of prayer. All right, here's the next one, and I'm really excited about this because we have not had life track classes here at True Life, and life track, if you're not familiar with it, is our process to help you identify should True Life Church be my home church? Should I join this spiritual family? And, and if so, what is God doing in me? And how do I get connected to other people? What are my gifts and my calling? And where's my fit? Where's my place in ministry? And we help you really identify your calling and your gifts so that you can make it into the, 
kind of the fourth phase of what we believe is God's vision for every person, and that is start to make a difference, make a difference in the lives of other people. And, and so we haven't been able to offer Lifetrack since the pandemic and the lockdowns and everything began. We're very excited to finally be able to offer that again uh, starting September 6th. And I, I apologize, I tweaked this slide a little bit a second ago and I forgot to add in the date. Uh, so September 6th, that's the first Sunday in September, will, will be the first Sunday that we come back to Lifetrack. And in person will happen here in our 10 a.m. service. So our Lifetrack room out there at the end of the lobby will open up during that 10 a.m. service. Uh, eventually we'll get back to offering it during all services, but right now we're gonna have it in that 10 a.m. service. It's the one sandwiched in the middle. And uh, so we'll start with step one that day. And uh, uh, if you're getting into Lifetrack for the very first time, I just want to tell you, you're timing it perfectly because it's all new. We just, we refilmed everything and uh, updated all the content and uh, it just, it's, it's better all the way around. And, and uh, so that begins uh, September 6th, in-person 10 a.m. And then we will also have an online per- version of that available to you on Sundays at 6 p.m., all right? And so... Uh, that will be hosted live by somebody in chat, just like our online services right now. Uh, we'll have a way for you to take your next steps and connect with team members and all, all of the things that you would normally experience in Lifetrack, we're finding a way to move that into a digital medium. And so I'm so proud of our team and very excited that, that we'll be able to offer that beginning September 6th and, uh, in, at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. And then here's, here's the one, honestly, I'm probably the most excited about, and that is the return of small groups for the fall, uh, getting, come on, getting to connect with each other in relationship and community, and you need it. Even if you don't know you need it, you need it. You need to have some people in your life that you can talk to. Uh, I like to say it this way. There needs to be at least one or two, three or four people who you can say anything to and, and not have to worry about the consequences and know that it's safe and that they're going to pray with you and walk through it with you and that they're going to care about you. And, and, uh, and I've got that in my life. You need that in your life. It's so healthy. It's so important. And groups are where that happens. Now, uh, groups look different right now because of COVID, all right? And we are encouraging our group leaders to obviously do as much digitally as they possibly can. Uh, in fact, the last two semesters, which we kind of just ran together because of the lockdown, we never took a break, so we're in a break right now. Um, everything was 100% digital. We are allowing our groups in the fall, uh, if you would like to try to gather in person, if there's a strategy you can put in place where everybody can stay six feet or more apart and keep a mask on, if you can do it safely. So we may have a couple groups that space out chairs in a very, very large circle here in our lobby. Um, or if you want to sit outside in the driveway of your house until it gets too cold to do that, um, you're more than welcome to do so. Uh, we're, we're, we're trusting our group leaders to be smart and responsible and safe with all of that. And uh, if you don't feel safe going to a group, you shouldn't go, all right? You, sh- you just shouldn't do it. Um, so uh, these are primarily going to be digital still, but we, we do have a handful of groups that will have the option to, to meet in person, as much as in person as it is when you're really far away from each other. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, um, so those fall groups, uh, leader training will happen on August 23rd, and by next week we'll have a way that you can sign up for that and let us know that you're uh, going to be uh, uh, training to, to lead a group. And then the semester starts on September 13th, all right, and that'll run for 13 weeks. September 13th, it'll run for 13 weeks, so we will have freedom groups uh, we will have a fresh start group. Um, we'll, we'll have, I'm, I'm, I'm praying 
about a, a, a small group for fathers and sons because a bunch of my dad friends and their sons have been playing Fortnite together. Um, and so, except for Pastor Joel, he has not gotten on there yet, and his son is actually pretty good. So we look forward to him joining us just so we can shred him. All right, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be great. Um, so kind of praying about that. My wife and I are looking at some maybe helping some married couples and parenting, and and so there's going to be lots of groups op, group options for you this fall. Make sure that you get in a group, and we'll let you know once the the group catalog is live on the website so that you can go find the right group for you. All right, I can't hear you at home, but if you're ready to hear God's word today, I want you just to say amen or type it in the chat. Come on, how many of y'all in the auditorium believe God has something to say to you today? You can just wave at me. You can just whatever. Just I think he does. I think God has something special to say to us. We've been spending the last few weeks talking about in, in a vacuum, in, in a world where a lot can feel like it has been taken from us or and, and even not related to COVID, sometimes we just go through seasons in our life where it feels like we've been emptied out, where things have been drained out of our lives. What do we fill that void with? What do we fill that space with? And we've been talking about how we want to make sure that we have some rock solid things, some things that aren't going to leave, some things that aren't going to go anywhere. And we spent a few weeks talking about this, that there are three things that are going to last, everybody say, forever. Come on, we're going to do it one more time so everybody at home will participate. There are three things that will last forever. They're forever. You know what forever means? It means forever. It's, it's not, they're not going anywhere. They're not leaving. They're not going to change. What are those three things? If everything else in my life is falling apart, what are those three things that I can, I can be sure are going to be there? Paul says they're faith, hope, and today we're going to talk about love. Faith, hope, and love. Yes, yeah, right. It's love week, everybody. Come on, just say, ooh, it's love, it's love week. All right, let's love, it's faith, hope, and love, and the greatest, come on, we're saving the best for last. The greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Come on, I know in the auditorium, you gotta look across the room. Normally I'd say, turn to the person next to you, but there's, it's not, when you're doing the social distancing, it's not the person next to you. So come on, just, just look somewhere across the auditorium and just say love. Yeah, all right, you guys at home, just some of you are sitting on the sofa or next to your spouse right now for church and just, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm trying to help you. Just, just look at them. Just say, I love, I just, I love you. Just, it's, it's love week. It's love Sunday at True Life. It's the greatest. The greatest of these is love. Paul is writing here to the church at Corinth. It's his first letter to Corinth. And uh, the, the Corinthian people, they're, they're a super smart, very successful group of people. High levels of intellect, uh, financially successful. Uh, they're one of the wealthiest uh, groups of people that Paul writes to and of the churches that he starts. And, and so Paul is kind of constantly having to remind them what's actually important. And what's actually important, and he's, so he's writing to them here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what precedes this verse, and we'll come back to it later, is what's known as the love chapter in your Bible. Paul talks about how incredibly important love is, and what love looks like. He defines it for us. We'll, we'll come back to that in a second. But this actually was not the first time Paul said this. Paul just didn't, he didn't just stumble upon this idea of faith hope and love. In fact, I firmly believe that these three things were revealed to him the moment where he had his encounter with Jesus Christ. Paul was murdering Christians. Paul was persecuting Christians as a, as a Jewish religious leader. 
And then he has a radical supernatural encounter with Jesus. And his life is forever changed. And he receives the grace of Jesus into his life and receives the call of Jesus onto his life and converts from killing Christians to becoming the greatest missionary on behalf of Christians that our world has ever known. But uh, just just a couple years before this, Colossians chapter one, verse four to five, I actually think it's about five years before this, Paul writes to the Colossians and he says, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people, which comes from your confident hope, there they are again, all three, faith, hope, and love, of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of, so look, Paul's saying, hey, faith, hope, and love, they're not my idea. It comes from the truth of the good news, the gospel, wrapped up in the gospel. It's the person of Jesus Christ. It, it, we, we can find these eternal things that do not move, that do not shake, faith, hope, and love. How many are thankful that the God you serve is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Every time we go to Jesus, we can find faith, hope, and love. Every time we go to the gospel, we can find faith, hope, and love. Let me show you again. Paul, again, a couple years later, he writes to the the church at Thessalonica, and he says, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's faith, hope, and love. Paul, Paul didn't just stumble on this in his letter to Corinth. There's a, a consistent theme throughout Paul's writing that I think comes from that encounter he had with Jesus. When he found grace, he found faith, hope, and love in the person of Jesus Christ. Are y'all tracking with me? I can't hear you at home. You can type amen. Y'all tracking with me here in the auditorium so far. There's these, these three things that last forever, Paul says. Faith, hope, and love. And you need these. Let me show you one more. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, and 9. But since we belong to the day, and that doesn't mean, uh, he's not talking about a date on the calendar. Paul's saying we, we belong to the light, not the nighttime, not the darkness. We're people of the light. We belong to the day. Let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through so Paul says, it's not my idea, faith, hope, and love, they come from the person of Jesus Christ. Faith, hope, and love. Like, faith, hope, and love. These three are, if you've got a relationship with Jesus, everything else in your world can be falling apart, but these three are always going to be with you. Faith, hope, and love are always going to have your back. Faith, hope, and love are always going to be there. I, I, um, I remember growing up, some of you are, are, are old enough to remember this too, and any sports fans any basketball fans in the room? And I, love, I love sports. And fo- football is my favorite, but I like basketball too. And I remember uh, 1992, so I would have been uh, 12 years old. Uh, 1992 is a big, big deal, huge deal. It was the first time ever that the United States brought National Basketball Association professional NBA players into the Olympic Winter Games. Basketball. The ori- it's called the original dream team. And it was made up of some of the greatest names that have ever played that sport. Guys like Patrick Ewing and uh, uh, David Robinson and uh, just all these incredible, incredible players. But out of all the incredible basketball players during that era, there were three who rose above 
the rest. There were three who rose above the rest. Maybe, you wanna, maybe you're watching online at home. You already know who I'm talking about. You can type, you can put those names in the chat. You try to guess it. We'll see. If you guess, if you say it before I say them and you get it right, we'll mail you a $5 Starbucks card, all right? So, so your, your clock starts now. There were, there were three who rose above the rest. Three who rose above the rest uh, of all of those incredible Dream Team players. Come on, y'all. Some of you remember, remember a guy played for the Boston Celtics by the name of Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Just felt like sometimes he couldn't miss a shot. Just everything he threw up would go down. Could shoot it from anywhere. Larry Bird, incredible basketball player. There, there's another guy who, uh, he, he played out west, a guy by the name of Magic Johnson. Just incredible, incredible basketball player. And then there was a third guy that, that everybody, just any kid who followed basketball, if you, if you had a poster on your wall, you probably had one of these three guys. Come on, everybody remember Michael Jordan. I mean, like the GOAT, the GOAT of basketball. I know LeBron's good, but I'm, he's not He's not Michael, you know what I'm saying? The, he was the, Michael is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. And these three guys, they were the cream of the crop in that season. And, and, and you know, Larry's good, and Magic's good. It's kind of like faith, hope, and love. They're the, they're the three best. Faith, Magic was good, and Larry was good. But come on, how many of y'all know nobody touches Michael? No, just nobody touched Michael Jordan. I don't, know if the, I don't know if anybody will ever touch Michael Jordan. Just the most prolific player of the game ever. Like, like you can go back and watch all the tapes and you're gonna see Larry and you're gonna see Magic and you're gonna say, wow, but then you're gonna say, see Michael and you're gonna just go, how? How did he do? And I think that's what Paul is kind of describing for us here. He's, he's like, we've got these three legends that are always gonna be with us. You've got faith and you've got hope, but the greatest, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, come on everybody, it's love. And it's not just any love, it's the perfect love of God. Can I hear an amen? It's the love of God, it's the greatest of all of these, and he defines for us. So Paul says, hey, and we, we use this passage all the time. We use it in weddings and in and, and marriage counseling and, and relationship counseling. We use this, this passage to describe what love looks like. And, and I don't even have time today to get in the different kinds of love that are in your Bible. We're just going straight to the one that God loves us with and it encompasses all the others. It's called agape love. And Paul describes for us an agape love here. But here's what I want you to know. He's not just, he's not just describing love so that we understand love. He's actually describing the person of Jesus Christ. He's, destri- he's describing the nature of God himself when he says Love is patient. Oh, come on, y'all. I just, like, I'm already, I'm already disqualified on the first one. Come on, my patience runs out. Can I hear an amen? My patience was running out this morning at the stoplight in front of our church. I was like, is it ever going to turn green? What is wrong with this? Like, I'm about to run the red light. I didn't, because Amanda was with me. If she wasn't with me, I probably would have been like, forget it, there's no traffic, I'm going. I hope there are no law enforcement professionals watching today, and if you are watching, I hope you're out of jurisdiction, because um, I have maybe, I might have, I don't know, probably haven't ever done that, never mind. Come on, love is patient, love is kind, your, your God is patient and kind. It does not envy, it's never looking at what somebody else has and getting frustrated and bitter and angry because we want it for ourselves. It, it doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. 
Come on, love understands that if, if I need to make somebody else look bad so that I can look good, something inside of me is broken. It never dishonors. It's, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Oh, man. Come on, how many of y'all have some work to do? I got some work to do to model the love of Jesus. It, it keeps no record. I don't know about you, but I got some records. I got records sometimes that I want to try to keep. Some of us have some records that we're keeping. Some, some of you are watching online at home this morning, and you're, you're watching in two separate parts of the house from the rest of your family or from your spouse because there's been some record keeping going on, and you don't even want to look at each other right now. But lo- love doesn't do that. Love doesn't keep, lo- love, love doesn't even remember person of Jesus Christ doesn't even remember the wrong you committed toward him yesterday. That's not what love looks like. It keep, keep, keeps no record of wrong. It doesn't delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You got three that are always going to hang around, faith, hope, and love, but love is the goat. It's the greatest. Love never fails. And some of us are watching this at home right now. Some of us are listening in this auditorium right now, and we're listening to that description of love, that it's patient and kind, and oh, that's so wonderful. And, and we're thinking, yes, I'll take all of that. Be patient with me. Be kind to me. Don't keep a record of my wrong. I, I will take all of that. Give me all of, I'll take all the love I can get. But, but when, when it comes to me dispersing or distributing that kind of love to other people, I can't, I can't do it. I'm not capable. And I just want to say to you today, you're right. You can't. You, you can't because you're not Jesus. But check it out. God can through you. God can through you. God can, God can help you love the way you were meant to love by loving through you. But it begins with understanding and receiving his love first. Some of us struggle with loving others with this kind of love because we've never really received God's love in our lives. It, it, Paul, Paul is describing the nature of God and the way God loves us here. Look, look, let me, I'll, I'll prove it to you. I'll take it one step further. In 1 John 4, 7, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from who? Love comes from who? Love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He is love. He goes on. He, he, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. This is, I'm sorry. No, that's, some, some of y'all didn't know it was in the Bible before Hillsong sang it. This, this is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent us his son as a sacrifice. It's a sacrificial love to take away our sins. Dear friends, he says, Since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. It's a real love. God is love. It's who he is. It's 
It's the person of Jesus. I heard Pastor Dino Rizzo share a story. I think I've shared it here once before, one time of when he was pastoring in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and he had become friends with a, a guy in their church who was actually the warden for a state penitentiary, a prison there, one of the hardcore prisons. Sensitive issue, sensitive topic, something we should always talk about, but it was a, one of the prisons where there were lifers, where there were people who were on death row, where their sentence was that their life was going to be taken from them because of the crime they were convicted of. And Pastor Dino was invited to go tour that prison, walked around with the warden, and eventually the warden said, hey, I want you to come, I want you to come see death row with me. I want you to walk through death row with me. And <laughs> Pastor Dino was like, no, I'm good. I don't need to go there. He said, no, I want you to come. And he tells the story of walking through and meeting prisoners, many of them who had found Christ, had a relationship with Jesus. And the warden says, I want you to, I want to show you the, the death chamber. I want to show you the place where that final sentence is executed, where people pass from this world into the next, where these men pass from this world into the next. Like, again, I know, sensitive topic, a lot of feelings about it. There needs to be discussion about it. I get it. I'm just telling the story. And uh, Pastor Dino, he's kind of funny when he tells the story. He's like, I, I, don't, I don't need to go there. That's all right. And then the warden says, no, 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 I want you to come. So he walks into that death chamber and he's looking around. And the warden says, Why don't you, I want you to lay on the table. It's where they do lethal injection. He said, I, I want you to just, just lay down on the table. And Pastor Dino's like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need to lay on the table. He says, no, no, I, just, I want you to lay on the table. I want you to see what these men experience in their last moment before they pass from this life into the next. And so Pastor Dino tells the story of laying on the table and the warden says, now look up. And they're written on the ceiling are these words, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Of course, that's John 3.16. Pastor Dino tells the story of coming up off of that table, kind of shaking, and the warden looks at him and says, hey, I just had to decide if you had one minute to deliver one message to a person who's about to meet their maker, what message would you deliver? What message would you deliver? And I'm convinced the most important message we could ever deliver is that God is love. He loves us. He loves us. He loves you. He loves you with an incredible, amazing, perfect, supernatural love. Write this down if you're following along in your notes. God, some of us don't really understand what God's love for us looks like, and so I just need to help you with it this morning. You need to know, number one, his love is perfect. It's perfect. It, it is incapable of messing up. It's a perfect love. It's an everlasting love. It's an unconditional love. Some of us even have some, uh, one of the most important breakthroughs of my life was to realize that people who had loved me and who had loved me well, in the moments where they, where they were flawed and where their love wasn't perfect, God's love is the complete opposite of all of those flaws. It is it is an everlasting love. It is a perfect love. It is, 
it's not going to go anywhere. Let me, let me say it to you this way. It's a love source that will never run out. Some, some of us have never really, truly experienced love because you're, you're looking everywhere else for your love source. Some of us have made our spouse our love source. They're the ones we're getting our identity from and, and, and all of our encouragement from. And, and, and listen, I think marriages should, should have that. Some of us are, we're, we're chasing a dating relationship with somebody because you just can't, you can't figure out how to feel okay with who you are. And I'm going to tell you, there is no human being that is going to be able to stand up under the weight, under the pressure of your love need. Only God has the love. Only God can be your perfect love source. Can I hear an amen, everybody? He's the only one that's going to be able to deliver that to you. Not only that, he's the only one that's going to make it possible for you to love someone else the way they truly need to be loved. His love is a perfect love. It's a perfect love. God's love is perfect. It's not just perfect. God's love is, is powerful. Come on, it's a powerful love. Paul says in Romans that there is nothing, neither depth nor height, life or death, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Come on, everybody say nothing. Nothing. Maybe you need to type it in the chat today. Maybe you need to type it in your notes somewhere. Nothing can separate me from God's love. It's a, it's a powerful love. It's a forceful love. It's a love, that will, it's a love that will come after you even when you don't want it to come after you. It's a love that will pursue you even when you're running away. It's a love that will fight on your behalf. It's a love that will protect you. It's hard, you know, during the pandemic to try to find, figure out what are you going to do, places you can go. Normally by now, my daughter and I, we've done Six Flags trips and all these kind of things during the summer. And, and so I've, my, my son and I, you know, we should have had baseball in the spring, and all, just all these different things. And so one of the things that we have bonded over, and it's probably not the healthiest habit in the world, but I was joking about it earlier as a small group is, is we've been playing some video games together. And so it's, it's just kind of been a bonding uh, thing for us. And, and the two of us, we, do, we hop on Fortnite and we play team matches, me and him together, and we just crush people. I'm just saying, like, we're just amazing. I mean, I don't want to sound prideful. At the risk of being prideful, but I'm just, I'm just being honest, like we just, and most of it's him, I just kind of tag along, he kind of carries me, if I'm being honest, like he's flying all over the place and building stuff and wrecking people, and I'm just kind of trying to keep up with my seven-year-old, but it's fun to win. Can I hear an amen? It's fun to win. Like, I, I don't mind tagging along with a seven-year-old if my confidence gets built up by a few video games. In fact, yesterday, we won three matches in a row before his little timer went off that it was time for electronics. Come on. And, um, but this one time, man, um, we're, we're in there, we're doing our thing. And if you don't know what Fortnite is, it's a cartoony game where you're in a virtual world where people fight with each other and in a, like a robot version or cartoony version of themselves. And so, uh, we're, we're playing and he goes around the corner and somebody else takes him out. Two, two people, two teammates take him out and then they start celebrating well, my, kid, my son, he's crawl, like his cartoon version of himself is crawling around on all fours waiting for help. That's what Fortnite looks like. And they, they, so they knock him down, and they start dancing. They're celebrating, and I come around the corner, and I see him celebrating, and something in me stands up and says, oh, you're going you're gonna to dance after you mess with my kid? Come on, dads. So you're watching all that at home, and you're like, 
Where are you going with this? I'm not actually sure. Let's just see what happens. No, no, normally, he's the better player, but in this moment, something in me was like, oh no, you are not going to knock my kid down and then dance on top of him and celebrate. And in that moment, it was like, it was like inner Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rambo, all converged at once in the video game version of myself. And all by myself, I just wrecked these two while saying, you ain't going to mess with my kid. Come on, y'all. Just boom, 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 took him out. And Ben's sitting on the sofa next to me. He's like, Dad, you just took out the whole team, the whole group. I'm like, that's right, boy. Nobody going to mess with my kid and then dance on top of him. I pick him up, get him back to life. Then somebody came along and knocked us out. We didn't win the match. But in that moment, it felt, felt glorious. Come on, can I tell you, like, when life has knocked you down, when the enemy of your soul is, is messing with you and picking on you, can I tell you, your heavenly father, he stands up on your behalf, and he says, no, 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 you're not going to, like, hey, Satan, you don't get to dance in victory over my kid. Like, I've already beat you. I've already won. The battle has already been settled. It's a powerful love that God has for his children. That's right. I just found a way to connect Fortnite to Jesus. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Come on, it's a, it's a powerful love. It's a powerful love. We ain't got childcare right now. I gotta find some way to keep the kids engaged. It's a powerful love. Nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. God's love is a, it's a permanent love. It's never gonna change. It's, it's never gonna go anywhere. There is nothing that you can do to make God stop loving you. Y'all hear me? Some of us, you're you're caught up in this religious cycle. It's so unhealthy. Where you're convinced you've got to do everything just right, make all the right choices, read your Bible just enough, say just the right prayers, attend church just the right number of times to make God love you. No, no, no. Listen to me. You've got it all backwards. You get to do all of those things because he already loves you. You don't do those things to get him to love you. Those things come out of us because we've received the love of God in our life. In fact, I can tell you, if you are trying to earn the love of God, you will give up, you will quit, you will walk away from the faith because it's not something you can earn. Jesus earned it. He did the work. It's already finished. The love of God is a free gift to you, and it's a permanent love that's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to go anywhere. Let me say it to you this way. God's not a fair weather fan. He doesn't just love you on your good days. Some, some of you are tired of hearing about it by now, but I don't care. I don't know if you know this, but the team I love, the team I grew up with, won the Super Bowl this year. The Kansas City Chiefs. It is glorious. There is still Kansas City paraphernalia. Anybody who's done a Zoom call with us sees a big Kansas City flag. It's still hanging on the wall in our living room. Like we are still living in that moment, living in the victory. My wife is, she's more hardcore than I am. Like I am in trouble. Football season is about to start again. And, and there will be times where she'll get home from church before me. And when I get there, my jersey will be laying out. And she's going to say two things. Wash your hands. Get your jersey on. 
wash your hands, get your jersey on. And like nothing else is allowed to proceed until the whole family is jerseyed up and we're ready to watch football. But here's the thing. We were doing that before they were a Super Bowl contender. Like I remember just a couple years ago, I think we finished with like two wins. We had the number one draft pick. And there we were every Sunday with our jerseys on. A lot of times there was more losses than there were wins. But it didn't matter. We're not fair weather fans. We weren't waiting. Come on, some of you are Philly fans in this area. You, you know what it's like. All of a sudden, everybody hated the Patriots so much that they were willing to get on your bandwagon. You know what I'm saying? And that's great. It's fun to have them cheering for your team, but they're bandwagon fans. They haven't been there all the I was a bandwagon Philly fan because, and I still like Philly, but I'm, I'm more of a bandwagon fan. I, I, I jumped on when it felt good to, and some of us think of God that way. We think, when I'm doing well, he loves me. He's, no, no, no. God's not a fair weather fan. Some of you have more losses than you have wins in your life right now. And can I tell you, if, if, if your life was a football game, if your life was, if you were a football team, can I just tell you, you could be zero and 17 and God's still got your jersey on. He's still cheering for you. Like heaven has your bandwagon before anybody else knows they need to get on it. Come on, this is good preaching right now. He's not a fair weather fan. It's a permanent love that sticks around no matter what's going on in your world. It's a perfect love. It's a powerful love. It's a permanent love. It's what God's love looks like. I'm going to give you a, sec, a minute here in just a little bit to receive God's love in your life. Some, some of us, you're going to have a breakthrough today that you've never had before, where you finally receive God's love. Some of you are going to have that happen for the very first time. Some of you have been doing church and religious things for a long time, but you've never actually received the love of God. But I want to give you some life application first. Let me just give you, and I could, I could do a whole series on this, so I got I to gotta try to get it down to just a few. I want to, you guys who are watching at home, get ready to take notes. Everybody here in the auditorium, let me just kind of give you some, some easy steps you can take to try to, lo- try to let God's love come through you. Here's the first thing you can do is just say it. Say it. I have a few people in my life that it's, it's kind of become a, a fun experiment for me because I'll say to them, hey, I love you, and I do. And they'll just go, mm, thanks. And actually, I know they love me back, but something in their life has become so broken, they don't know how to, they, like they don't even know how to say it. Hey, I love you. Love you too. All my close friends, all the pastors I'm friends with, all of my staff, all my team, anytime we talk, every phone call, I always end it. Hey, I love you. I was just on the phone with Pastor Joel the other day, talking small groups and stuff. We end every conversation. It's not weird. <laughs> hey, love you, man. Love you too. We say it. We say it. This is one of the mistakes that we make because we, we assume that people know what's in our heart. No, they don't. You got to say it. Oh, my, my, my spouse knows I love them. Do they? When's the last time you told them? 
Well, I don't want to tell them because I don't feel like I love them right now. Say it anyway. So, sometimes you need to speak it into existence before you're even feeling it. Love you. Love you. Don't like you right now, but I love you. Come on, married people. <laughs> you got to say it. Listen, when these words are absent, dysfunctional things happen. But when these words are present, divine things happen. It's a Dino Rizzo quote. I love that. When these words are absent, dysfunctional things happen. But when these words are present, divine things happen. You got to say it. Some of you sitting at home right now next to the people you love, people in your family, just take a second right now and just look at every single one of them and just say, I love you. I love you. My, my, my 12-year-old's back there on that camera right now. I'm so proud of you, Sarah. I love you. My wife's right here. I love you. I'm on the screen in my office right now, but Ben's probably not listening. But just in case, buddy, I love you. Church, I love you more than you know. You've got to say it. You've got to express it. Here's the second thing you can do. Don't just say it. Write it. Write it. Just, just take a second and say, hey, you're so great. You're so awesome. I was down in my basement yesterday kind of trying to clean up, purge my home office area, and I don't use it that much anymore because now I have a space here in the building where I can work. And so we're talking about changing how we use that space, and so I'm trying to when I stop using a space, it gets dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous even when I'm using it, but it was starting to look like an episode of Hoarders. Anybody ever, you know what I'm talking about? And then you got finally hit the breaking point. You got to do something about it. And it really wasn't that I hit the breaking point. It was that everybody else in the house had hit the breaking point, and I had no choice. There was a mutiny going on. And so I'm down there, but I, I start stumbling across old things in journals where friends or pastors, some old cars from my wife. I, I, I sat for a second. I was taking a little break and just looked up at the wall, and I got this little, one of the first notes my daughter wrote to me when she's in a kindergarten. And just, Daddy, I love you so much. I love you, I love you, and I love all the hugs, and don't forget the smoochies. She's in kindergarten. It's all spelled wrong, but it don't matter. Come on, y'all know what I'm saying? And it's just, uh, Write it. Take a minute and just communicate to the people who mean something to you, what they mean to you. You can say it. You can write it. You can also just convey it. Convey your love. Come on, everybody knows this, this saying, that your actions speak louder than your words, right? So saying it is important, writing it's important, but we can... We can convey it. We can convey. How many know your, your body language can be loud even when you're trying to be quiet? Come on, y'all. Anybody ever? I, 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 I got to be so careful with this. I, I haven't really been going to the grocery store much or doing much of that kind of stuff. My wife's been doing most of that during the, the lockdown. But if there's any place on planet Earth that tests my love, it's the checkout line at Walmart. Can I hear an amen? You know? And then... You, you get, then their computer's messing up, and then the payment system's not working, and then, you know, you, the person in front of you's got an overflowing cart already, and then all of a sudden you hear somebody say, excuse, excuse me, I need to get to, my wife is right there, I need to get in line with my wife, and 
And so, okay, sure, come on by. And they're pushing a whole nother cart full. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and it's like, it's just piling on top of each other. And you're just like, (sighs) 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 you just try, like, you're not saying anything, but your body language is saying everything. Come on, everybody. We can convey our love. We got to be very careful. Well, we're, you might have all the words, but your, 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 your body language is saying something entirely different. Convey it. Convey it. Actions speak louder. Here's the last one. Just mean it. Like, don't fake it. Some of us, before this day is over, you need to go to somebody. There's a relationship that's strained or broken. There's wounds. There's scars right now. And can I tell you, one of the most powerful things you could do would be to just look that person in the eye and, hey, I, I love you. It's hard right now. I'm not, I'm not saying there's no pain. But I just, I just need you to know I love you. I want the best. I want the best for this, this friendship, this relationship, this marriage, whatever it is. I, I, I'm, and I mean it. I love you. It's a perfect love. It's a powerful love. It's a, it's a permanent love. Heard a story recently of a couple, married couple. They'd gotten through their 20s and into their 30s. Their 40s were approaching. They wanted so badly to start a family. They'd been trying to start a family and and they couldn't. It wasn't working. So they're weighing all their options and finally decided, well, let's, you know what, we're going to go to engage in the foster system. And they meet a young lady, they meet this girl, teenager, young teenager, invite her into their home and man, they just, they just fell in love with her. She's broken. She's got scars and wounds and a past, all kinds of history. But they love her and they go through the, the foster process and eventually they get to the point where they, they adopt her. They decide to adopt her into their family. So they go through the whole court process and she takes the name, the family name. One day the, this couple decides to go out on a date together. They go have a nice meal. They have a nice dinner together and they're gone several hours and they've trusted that young lady to be home by herself and they get home from the date and as they approach the house they realize the the, the front door is standing open and they come inside and the house is just absolutely ransacked things are stolen belongings are gone tv's taken off the wall jewelry's missing things are destroyed and that girl is gone she's not there reach out to some friends, some neighbors, they call the police, they come in, 
the neighbors immediately rushed to judgment. It's that girl. Should have never brought her into your house. It's that girl. I don't know, let's just, hold on. We don't know what's happened yet. A couple hours go by and friends are there consoling and trying to help them clean up and dad gets a call from the police officer. Sir, we've, we found your things, we found your belongings. I, I'm sorry to tell you, most of them have been destroyed or abused, and we found, but we found a lot of your stuff, and they're with, they're with your girl, and she's over here at this house. There's a, there's a, we busted into a party, and a lot of bad decisions being made. Friends and neighbors listening in on the call. And the officer says, what do you want us to do with her? What do you want to do? The friends say, you don't owe that girl anything. Look what she did to you. Leave her with them. Let them take her. You don't owe her anything. What a mess. She's not your, she's not your flesh and blood. She doesn't deserve to have your last name. Leave her. Dad says, I know, I know. I know. But here's the problem. I already gave her my name. And I do love her. And once I once I gave her my name, I can't, I'm not gonna I can't take it back. Officer, you gotta bring her home. Bring her home. it doesn't matter what she did she has my name and I love her listen some of us (laughs) we didn't realize it but the Bible uses this language it says we've we've been adopted into the family He, he it's with a spirit of adoption that he has brought you into his family through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. And, and even after adoption, a lot of us have taken the things that God gave us. We've taken the grace of God and the, and the mercy of God and the, and the love of God. And we've taken the things that belong to him and we've, we've abused them and we've mistreated them and we've made a mess out of them and we've, we've made a mess out of our own lives. And can I tell you, Satan, your accuser, he would love to say, just leave them. They don't deserve your love. They don't deserve to be in your family. They don't deserve to be in heaven. But can I tell you, your heavenly father's saying, it doesn't matter. I already gave them my name. I already brought them into the family. And I know they make a mess sometimes. And I know they make a lot of mistakes. But they're mine. They belong to me. And so I got to just keep bringing them home. That's the love of God. That's what the love of God looks like for each of us. I'm so thankful for that because there's so many times that I'm just like that girl. And I've taken what God has given me and I've mistreated it and I've stewarded it poorly. But I just, I'm begging you today, would you, just, would you just receive that kind of love in your life? Some of us never have. You guys who are in the auditorium, just stand up if you would. And if you're watching online at home, if, Hopefully it's not too weird for you. Maybe you could stand too and just close your eyes and 
Maybe some of you right now, that's where you're at. You're, <laughs> you've left the house with God's grace and God's mercy, his blessing. You've left the house and you've run off and you're doing other things. And you're waiting for the the angry phone call. You're waiting for the handcuffs. You're, you're waiting for the wrath of God. And I'm not saying we don't ever live with any consequences of our decisions, but I'm just telling you, your father's heart is bring him home. Just get him home. It's my kid. I already gave him my name. Some of you are watching online right now and you didn't even know that was an option. You've never even been brought into the family of God. You didn't, you didn't realize he thought about you that way. Right now, you have an incredible opportunity just for the first time ever to receive God's love. Just tell him. Just say, God, I, I didn't know. I didn't know you cared about me like that. I didn't know about you that you thought about me that way. And today, for the first time ever, I want to step into relationship with you. I want to I say yes to adoption, to, to you bringing me into the family. And I believe, Jesus, that you died for me and that you paid a penalty for my sin, one that I wouldn't even know how to pay on my own. Listen, if you're praying that prayer today for the first time, that's, that's the moment that we call conversion. That's the birth of your faith. From this day on, you're, you're saved. You're gonna be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's just the beginning of something. In fact, there's a little button in our online chat that you can click that just says, hey, I'm raising my hand. I'm praying that prayer right now. You guys who are on Facebook or YouTube, just hold on. There'll be a, a link for you as well in a few minutes. I want to talk to those of you who already have a relationship with Jesus. But you, maybe you forgot what his love looked like. Maybe you've never really got it to begin with. Maybe there was a, a moment of conversion where you realized if I have Jesus, I'll have eternal life. But you've never received that perfect, powerful, permanent love. And I just, I felt like as I was preparing for this for you this week that, that this was going to be a moment in each of our services where some people who, you're already church attenders, you maybe even read your Bible on a regular basis and you maybe even have a little bit of a prayer life, but for the, for the first time in a long time or for some the first time ever, you're going to actually sense God's loving arms around you. You're going you're to receive the perfect love of God. So heads bowed, eyes closed. Whether you're at home or you're here, if that's you and that's kind of where you're at, maybe just have a moment of surrender there. I, I like to just kind of lift my hands to him when I surrender. Maybe you want to do that too. Just say, God, I receive. I receive your love. I'm so undeserving. There's so many times I've run off and made a mess of so many. You just keep bringing me home and you just keep bringing me home and I'm, 
Thank you that you put your name on me. That I'm a part of your family now. And I receive it. I receive. Some of you need to say that out loud right now. You just need to say, God, I receive your love. Thank you for loving me. I don't deserve it, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. God, I pray for each and every person who's listening to this message today, no matter where they're at, no matter what season of life they're in, that God, we would have an encounter with the very real, very tangible, very perfect, powerful, and permanent love that you have for us. God, thank you that even though we run away, even though we mess up, even though we make mistake after mistake after mistake, you've already put your name on us and you're not taking your name off. You keep bringing us home. Thank you for that love, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, man, I love you guys so much. If you're watching online at home, uh, you should be seeing a link right now. It may already be there to go check out our digital connection card. You guys who are in the service here, uh, you can find that through the app or you can jump on the website later at home and find our digital connection card. That really is a great way to connect with us. We'd love to know what's going on in your life. If you need prayer, or if you are interested in leading a small group or you're just excited to get in a small group, maybe today you made a decision to receive God's love for the first time, please share that with us. We want to resource you and help you figure out what this new season of your life is going to look like. We want to pray with you. A lot of people going through a lot of hard stuff right now during this pandemic. There's so much isolation. And if I'm honest, uh, we are struggling to keep up a little bit with the number of counseling meetings and appointments that people would like to make. But please don't let that keep you from trying. We will will find a way uh, to connect with you. You might have to be patient with us. It may not happen in the next 24, 48 hours. But we're, we're going to do it. We will, and we want to know. At the very least, it'll be a phone call and we'll pray together. We, we want to know what's going on in your life. So use that connection card and we want to serve you and be a, be a support to you in whatever way we possibly can. How many thankful for the love of God in our lives? Amen? Amen. Man, I love you guys so much. We're going to worship together one last time before we go. So we're going to turn the energy up. We're going to crank it back up. And I want you to enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Go enjoy the love of God in your life and go find some people that you need to say I love you to. Go go say it, go write it, go convey it. All right, go share the love of God with them and mean it. All right, from your heart. All right, I love you guys. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next weekend. Let's sing one more time together.